Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Alrighty then. Hey, this is the WCHL podcast. I am the commissioner, Christopher Perry, and on this episode, well, I'm flying solo. No Andrew Magekirth. He's too busy down in, uh, I guess there's some sort of quinceanera convention down in Dallas that he's attending. So um, no Andrew on this episode of the podcast, just the fat, dumb commissioner. So this should be quick, huh? Hey, let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, we have some ACHA news and rumors right from the jump. Last week, we told you that Nationals was going to St. Louis probably for the next uh, few years. That announcement came out. It's going probably through 2028 in all the uh, games going to the Centene Community Ice Center. There's an option for 2026, but most likely I wouldn't at all be surprised if we're in St. Louis all the way until 2028. We also hinted last week that uh, there'd be a couple of other announcements coming. And we had two of them uh, that came out uh, earlier this week. The first one is the ACHA, the annual meeting. It's going to move from Naples, Florida to Nashville, Tennessee. And that's um, in, due in part to the fact that the place where we held the annual meeting, the Naples Beach and uh, Golf Club, I think that's what it's called, the Naples Beach Club and Golf Course, I don't know. Um, it's right, it was right there on the beach in uh, Naples, Florida. It was awesome. Uh, you had a hotel on the on, on the beach side of the street. You had a convention center uh, on the other side of the street. So you can just walk across the street and go see vendors, meeting spaces, all that kind of junk. Anyways, that place got sold and it got knocked down and now it's being redeveloped into condominiums. And so uh, for the past two years, we've had our annual meeting up at the uh, Bonita Springs area of Florida at the Spanish Wells Golf and Country Club. And it's a nice enough place. Um, it's a little tiny. It's a little small. But um, because of that, there haven't been any uh, coaches, uh, education programs going on. There hasn't been any sort of, um, oh, there hasn't been any sort of vendors or equipment um, uh, shows, if you will, or you know, exhibitors, that type of stuff. And the meetings that have been held, we've had to, uh, they haven't been able to be in separate rooms. There's, you know, they kind of curtain off one room and so uh for four or five different different areas and so when one group gets done quickly um and another group is still going on you know there's an awful lot of hushing and shushing and stuff like that so it, it, it was nice but it wasn't what we were used to anyways long story short they're now moving to uh, nashville tennessee the meeting will be at the uh sexy music city sheraton airport uh location and it's going to have um, not only uh, will, will the hotel rooms be there, but all the exhibitor space will be there and all the meeting rooms will be there. So it's going to be like a one-stop location. Uh, Ten minutes away from downtown Nashville, I, the ACHA is going to provide bus service so that folks, if they want to go get, uh, if they want to go have a good time, maybe an adult beverage or two in downtown Nashville, uh, the ACHA will bus them there to and from. So that should be uh, interesting. I was I've been joking around with folks. It's a good thing that the ACHA's general counsel Stu, Stu Grimson, the Grim Reaper, 
he's based out of Nashville, so uh, maybe if you know somebody gets a little out of hand and has to spend the night at the Crossbar Motel, Mr. Uh, Grimson will be there to get him out. So, anyways, hey, that was the um, that was the uh, first of uh, the big announcements that happened this week from the ACHA. The uh, annual meeting now is going to be May. I think it's May tenth and the eleventh. I mean, 9, 10, 11, that's what it is. And we're bringing back the coaches convention, the exhibitors hall, if you if you will, so that you know folks can show off their equipment, hockey gloves, hockey pants, that kind of junk, and hockey pucks, sticks. I mean, you if, if you can, you can just imagine, uh, you know, anything that has to do with hockey, the exhibitors will be there and showing it off. So it, it should be pretty good. And then, uh, yeah, so uh, a new place, new new things to do. It won't be uh, on the beach. We won't be having a lot of seafood, but instead I'm sure we'll be hitting a lot of barbecue and a lot of uh, country music there in Nashville. So that should be fun. The other uh, big news that we kind of handed out uh, that got announced, in fact, it got announced earlier today, um, is we're taping this on uh, Thursday, October the 12th. Illinois, the University of Illinois, formerly of the uh, Central States Collegiate Hockey League. This year they're playing as an independent. They're going to join the uh, uh, MCH what I jokingly refer to as the B Conference. Uh, they're going to join Midwest College Hockey uh, in the 24-25 season, joining Iowa State. And then uh, as new members in the 2024-2025 season, and they'll join the the seven existing members. And let's see if I can remember that. That's Jamestown, Mary, Waldorf, Midland, Northern Illinois, McKendree, and Illinois State. So by adding Iowa State and uh, Illinois, that's going to be uh, – that's going to be a pretty stout league, pretty stout conference. It's already the number three. If you just look at the power rankings, it's the number three conference in ACHA Men's Division One. And uh, by adding Iowa State and Illinois, it ought to be uh, uh, up there, number two. We all know who's going to be number one so because uh, we're number one right now. Uh, hey, r- rumors and scoops and all that kind of junk. I talked last week about uh, a possibility, a rumor that uh, Great Lakes League, it's a 10-team league. Uh, based out of the uh, that's centralized in the Michigan area, that's going to be breaking up here pretty soon. They'll announce that in the next couple of days, and um, with that, uh, there's going to be some uh, new teams to men's division one uh, that will that have applied, are applying. I know one has been applied and has been admitted. I think there are three others that are on the way. Two of them from Michigan, one from Arizona. Um, so that should make life interesting. Um, so that's something to look forward to. So the Great Lakes League is going to break up. The uh, going to have the potential for uh, four new teams at Men's Division One in the next year or two. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something to look forward to. We'll go from seventy-two teams possibly to seventy-six. And um, anyways, kind of wild. So there you go. Be on the lookout for that. Who knows? I mean, that I we don't have any. I don't have any control over. I, I probably have a little bit of control over when the team announcements get gets uh, made. But in terms of when the uh, conference announcements are going to get made, I don't know that I have uh, that that information just yet. I've just been told it's forthcoming. Be on the lookout, Bolo. Hey, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, ACHA Men's Division One came out with a new ranking. It's the popularity contest. Remember, we had the preseason ranking that meant nothing. That came out about two or three weeks ago. But now that there's been two or three weeks of uh, games under everybody's belt, the coaches once again uh, were asked to rank the uh, to provide a, a ranking. And ranking Division One came out, or ranking number one came out, I should say. 
Minot State is still the number one team. 27 of the 72 coaches voted. How about that? 25 of them voted for Minot State. One voted for Adrian, one voted for Ohio. Minot State, Adrian, Ohio, Liberty. There's your top four. There are seven WCHL teams in that ranking. Uh, number five is Central Oklahoma. They moved up a spot. They flipped with UNLV. UNLV went from five to six. Central went from six to five. Then after that, let's see here. Jamestown from the MCH is in there. Niagara, Maryville. Um, Arizona is number 13. They dropped two spots from number 11. Arizona State is number 17. They dropped, They bumped up four spots from number 21. Utah is number 20. They dropped two spots from number 18. Missouri State dropped a spot from 22 to 23. And Grand Canyon dropped a spot from 24 to 25. And Colorado State was in the uh, others receiving votes category. So if you extended the ranking out, Colorado State would have been ranked number 30th. But I think it's important to know, number one, this ranking means nothing. It's just a popularity contest. I think it's evident by a couple of things. Number one, there are no new teams in the top 25. They literally, the coaches literally took the 25 teams from the previous, the preseason ranking, and kind of reshuffled the deck a little bit. Not by much. Uh, but also by the fact that there are teams uh, that are ranked here in the top 25 with losing records. Liberty has a record of 2-3-1 and one right now at men's Division One. yet they find themselves number four. Now, granted, they've played four games against uh, Minot State, the number one team in the nation. So they're 0-3-1 against Minot. So I guess uh, the coaches are giving them credit for playing four against uh, Minot State right off the jump. Um, those two wins they got are against Delaware, and Delaware is not even ranked. Um, and you know, Grand Canyon's kind of in the, in a similar spot. They're Oh, three and one, uh, at, at the men's division one level. I don't know how that is because Grand Canyon, I thought has played four games already against, uh, yeah, they've already played four division one. Oh, they're Oh, three and one. There you go. Psh, dummy three and one. <laughs> that's, that's quick math here by the commissioner live on this stupid podcast because, I didn't realize that three plus one equals four. I, th- I thought, come on, they've played four games here in conference. Anyways, uh, there we go. Seven of the ten uh, WCHL teams are in the top 25. Eight, if we, uh, number eight is Colorado State. They would be in the top 30. So eight out of 30 is not bad, I would say, especially since we only have 10 teams in the conference. The next ranking will be this upcoming Wednesday, October the 18th, and then the computer kicks in at the start of November, and that's when all the fun uh, breaks out because that's when uh, you know coaches' opinions and popularity contests don't matter. So, all right, uh, let's look really quick at uh, let's look at the past week's games, and this is the part where you know I'd lean on Andrew. I'm not a hockey guy. Andrew is a hockey guy. And so, uh, but he, he's not here. He's off uh, dealing with some other things. So let's go through it really quick. Um, we had some in-conference series. Utah went down to Grand Canyon and played two games against Grand Canyon. Uh, Utah won both games. Um, uh, Friday night, they won uh, by a score of 2 to nothing, And Saturday night, they won by a score of 3-2. to two. I think the big, uh, this is just me. I didn't get this from Andrew or anything. But I think the couple of things stood out to me from this uh from this series, and the first thing was the Utah goaltender, who is a kid named Joey Grylick. He had, he got both W's both nights. Um, he allowed only two goals on 60 shots uh, over the course of both games, which I thought was pretty darn impressive. Uh, Benji Mickle, uh, number 29 for Utah, had two goals and an assist on the weekend. 
which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, well, I mean, it was a big point getter for uh, for Utah for that. You know, he had a hand in three of the five goals that the Utes scored. And then Grand Canyon, uh, you know, all, over the course of both games, they went one for 16 on the power play. Holy smokes, not good. One for eight on uh, Friday night. And then, uh, I'm sorry, well, 0 for 8 on Friday night, and then 1 for 8 the next night on Saturday. So, yeah, Utah goes in and uh, gets two wins, and uh, Grand Canyon still trying to find their first win. Um, all right, over at uh, Springfield, Missouri, uh, Missouri State hosted Colorado State. Colorado State uh, and Missouri State split. If I remember right, I think Andrew said there was going to be a split, so he might have been right on the money here. The first night was Colorado State uh, 3-2 to two victory, but in a shootout. And then Saturday was a Missouri State victory, a 4-3 to three victory, but in overtime. So both teams uh, evenly matched. Uh, both have to go to extra, uh, extra hockey, if you will. And so that was kind of interesting. The, the wild thing on... on on the Friday night game, uh, besides the fact that it went to a shootout, I mean, it was uh, this whole weekend was Sam Simon for CSU versus uh, Matt Griffin for for Missouri State in that both both games. And geez, Simon had eighty two shots on goal, and uh, Griffin had sixty two shots. So that was just crazy. Friday night, the game winner in the shootout was scored by Tristan Meistis. And if you've seen it, you might have seen it online. Uh, don't know if you saw it live. It was crazy. He he. Comes in, goes wide to the right, comes in and kind of goes backhand on uh, Griffin and Net for Missouri State, and it pops straight, almost straight up into the air. The puck does, and Griffin is sliding from his left to his right, and the puck. Uh, so he stops the the puck initially, but the puck goes right up into the air, drops down in the crease, and has a little bit of spin on it, and bounces right into the net. Oh my goodness! I mean, it was like. Uh, it was, it was just crazy. It's one of those like trick shot type things. Um, I'm sure uh, Meistis uh, would say, yeah, I planned it that way. But uh, it was 100% just a bouncy puck that uh, found its way into the vacant spot where Griffin was when he made the initial shot. But he's, like I said, he was sliding left to right. And the, uh, the puck just went straight up in the air and bounced where Griffin used to be as he was sliding. And it found its way into the net. So just uh, just a heartbreaker. For uh, Missouri State, CSU obviously traveled a long way. They're they're get a little redemption, a little. Uh, that's their first victory of the season in in men's division one, I, I should say. I think that's right. I think that's right. Anyways, um, so good for CSU to win. And then hey, the next night Missouri State gets a little bit of revenge because they go to overtime and Derek Cagle ends up getting uh, the game-winning goal in overtime. He scores the, uh, the, the, a power play goal in the second period, and then uh, with about two minutes or so gone in the uh, overtime period, he comes down, just uh, uh, rips the puck right over Sam Simon's uh, left shoulder, ends up pushing the, uh, uh, the Missouri State net or the Colorado State net off its moorings as part of his celebration, and then, uh, yeah, the celebration was on. The Missouri State just bounded off the bench and uh, you know, was celebrating a big uh, W. So both teams, since we play in the WCHL, since we use the 3-2-1 point system, um, Colorado State got two points for uh, Friday night and one point for Saturday. Missouri State got uh, uh, two points for Saturday and one point for Friday. So it's a true split for the weekend. Uh, good for them. Uh, good for both teams. Like I said, evenly matched. 
Missouri State ended up being uh, two for six on the power play, and they also got a shorthanded goal um, on uh, on Saturday night. In uh, Colorado State, if you know that maybe this would, uh, you know, they were zero for four on the power play over the weekend in uh, in Missouri. So, uh, anyways, uh, kind of kind of interesting, kind of interesting. So those were the. Um, those were the whoop, whoop, here I'm, I'm missing on Thursday night we had uh, UNLV went down to uh, Arizona State to play uh, ASU at their Mountain Community I'm going to get this wrong it's the Mountain America Community Ice Center or Iceplex it's basically the practice rink at the uh, Mullet Arena um, which is the nice gigantic the Powers Palace I call it where uh, Arizona State's NCAA team now plays. And um, UNLV and Arizona State ended up splitting that series. It was a Thursday-Friday series. Arizona State wins on Thursday night by a score of 5-3. to three. UNLV um, comes back the next day and uh, gets a 3-2 to two victory over the Sun Devils. Uh, this was just, I mean, it was a great series to watch. It was a great little weekend. Arizona State and UNLV, I think, both announced themselves as contenders in the WCHL and put everybody uh, on notice. The um, uh, Chase Ham is the goaltender of choice for Arizona State. He played both nights, and um, he ended up, uh, you know, geez, he ends up, you know, letting in three goals each night. But he saw, let's see here, thirty-seven, thirty-five shots, so seventy-two shots on the weekend against a very talented UNLV team. And uh, Zach Wixon and um, uh, Vince Benedetto, Benedetto, I, I'm going to butcher that name. Sorry, Vince. They split the weekend with uh, Benedetto getting the uh, Friday, the yeah, the Friday win. So I thought that was kind of wild um, that uh, these two heavyweights went at it uh, in uh, down in, in Tempe. It'll be a great series when uh, ASU has to go up to UNLV later on in the year to see. Uh, you know, this was. Basically, kind of, it was opening weekend for UNLV. In Arizona State, had already had a, a weekend with uh, San Diego State and a game with uh, U of A. So, it'll be interesting once uh, both teams get into the groove to see if this is still a, just a heavyweight fight, or if it's, uh, or or if one has you know peaked a little too early. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, UNLV's number thirty-seven, Cole Wyatt, had a couple of goals on the weekend, and um, for Arizona State. Uh, Caden Butler had two goals and an assist in the series. And number 13, Tyler Kylie Ram, one of the coolest names in the ACHA. Um, he continues an impressive streak with a goal and two assists uh, against UNLV. So that's uh, kind of wild. UNLV just has a ton of speed, ton and ton a ton of speed. ASU's coming with a lot of young ones and a, a lot of young guys and a lot of talent. Um, so uh, uh, I... I I think, I mean, they both kind of announced themselves as contenders for the Western Collegiate Hockey League title. I, they're they're both going to be in St. Louis for nationals, so that's uh, that's they're they're both going to be tough outs. That's for sure. That's for sure. On the power play, Arizona State was one for three for the weekend. UNLV, while they got a shorthanded goal, they only uh, they went zero for six on the power play. So both teams split there, and then so that that wraps it up for the conference games. For non-conference games, um, UCO went up to Maryville and shut out Maryville. That was kind of nice. I enjoyed that very much. UCO wins two to nothing on Friday night and four to nothing on Saturday. And uh, UCO was two for fifteen on the power play, but uh, they got shutouts from I'm going to butcher this Artem Langtuk on Friday and then from Doug Wakelin on Saturday. And um, 
you know, one of the scary things we talked about, uh, or we always talk about power play here on this podcast. Uh, Andrew does at least. But UCO has, they've made a living with shorthanded goals. And once again, uh, on the on the Saturday game against Maryville, um, UCO got a shorthanded goal. It was 12 from 13, Simpson to Sykes. And uh, those two, they just have a connection. I think it's their second or third shorthanded goal they've already scored this season. So just absolutely insane. And, um, you know, this is me. I'm a little biased. I think, uh, you know, we're talking about Arizona State and UNLV both showed themselves to be contenders. I think that series that we just saw with uh, UCO and Maryville, it's, you know, I think someone stepped up and showed that they're a contender for uh, ACHA uh, dominance. And I think someone might have, you know, had a little bit of uh, doubt put in the people's minds as to are you really a contender or are you just a pretender? So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maryville's coming to UCO. They've got a lot of talent, Maryville does. Um, But we'll see uh, what happens when they come down to play UCO again, uh, this time in Arctic Edge uh, up in Edmond. We'll see if uh, Maryville has any success or if uh, they still get, you know, flustered and uh, beat up. Uh, the other game, we're not going to give it a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of attention. Arizona um, played an exhibition game against uh, the aforementioned NCAA team from uh, Arizona State. It was an ugly game at the Mullet Arena on a Friday night, and it was great experience for U of A to go play the NCAA big boys. Uh, the final score was sixteen to nothing. Now, luckily for U of A, that game does not count for ACHA purposes. Um, and you know, does it, does it, I don't know. Does it, uh, you, you guys tell me, do you think it matters? I mean, you get waxed to 16 to nothing. Is that just, you know, get you down on the dumps or, you know, is it uh, a deal where you're playing in a big arena against a big team and who cares what the score is? You're just, uh, there to enjoy the experience. I don't know. There's gotta be somewhere. It's gotta be some happy medium, but 16 rip. Can't be a fun, uh, being on the zip side of that thing, that just cannot be a fun experience. So Oklahoma and Colorado had the weekend off. And, um, yeah, so there you go. That's the week that was. UCO goes and sweeps Maryville. Colorado State and uh, Missouri State split both games, uh, both of them in overtimes, uh, one in the shootout, one in overtime. UNLV and Arizona State split at, uh, at Arizona State. Utah sweeps Grand Canyon. And, uh Arizona plays an exhibition game against uh, their old rival, the now NCAA team. So uh, there we go. All right. So, hey, let's uh, – we have no Andrew, so we don't have enough. I had to find my Beavis and Butthead little uh, clip and put that in there <laughs> uh, to get Andrew going. But, um, listen, we're going to uh, – let me only hit some buttons here, and then we'll uh, – Come back and talk about some standings and uh, the upcoming games. I did get some predictions from Andrew, so hold on. All right, we got time for a few questions here. We got a plane to catch. Johnny, another tough loss for the club. Fans throwing their jerseys on the ice. Tell us what went wrong out there. We got to have four lines banging, banging bodies all night long, uh, getting pox out. Keeping it simple. Mike, this loss puts you guys in the last place in the West. The coach's job is on the line. What's the solution here? Well, you know, we can start by staying out of the box. 
know, play a discipline game out there, pretty simple stuff. Uh, but we're frustrated here right now. We're a frustrated bunch. Uh, you know, it's too bad that uh, that someone's got to wear it, and it's usually the coach. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's up to uh, the guys in this room to uh, get pucks deep, get pucks in the net, and uh, win some hockey games. Johnny, you were recently photographed in a Florida strip club snorting cocaine off a transvestite prostitute's breasts. What's the story there? Four lines. Four lines. Four lines of cocaine? You got to have... Like I said, four lines banging all night long, banging bodies, uh, doing the little things right. Mike, where does your, um, this is off topic, I know, but uh, where does your sexual preference tends towards men? Um, would you like to speak to that? No, you can't always be in the box, you know. Can't spend all your time in the box. It's like I said, uh, you know, this game is all about uh, finding those holes one way or another. You know, finding those pockets out there. So, you know, we got to uh, just keep working hard, get, uh, get pucks deep, get pucks in the net, and, uh, you know, win some hockey games. Johnny, true, you admitted yourself to a Colorado hospital with a gerbil inside your anal cavity. Well, you gotta get it out right. Uh, you gotta clear your own zone. Uh, you get in trouble, you gotta get those pucks high hard off the glass. Mike, rumor is that there's a sexually transmitted fungal infection going on amongst the coaching staff. Who's to blame for that? Ultimately, it's on the players. Uh, ultimately, it's on the guys in this room. It's where it starts. Uh, it's like I said, you know, it's too bad that somebody's got to wear it. It's usually the coach. But, uh, you know, we got a good group of guys in this room, a group of guys who likes to bounce back after something like that. So, uh, you know, ultimately, it's on the players to uh, get pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Get pucks in the net. Get pucks in the net. And, uh, you know, win some hockey games. Thanks, Mike. You bet. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Yeah, Chance, let's do that hockey. All right, WCHL standings as of uh, this past weekend, October the 7th. UNLV is presently in first place. They played eight games. They played eight games. Jeez, Chris, what a dummy. I can't even read. They've played four games in conference. They've won all four. Well, let's see. They've won two. They've had an overtime win, and they've lost one. So they have eight total points. Central Oklahoma and Arizona and Utah are all tied for second place with six points. In fifth place, we have another log jam with Arizona State, Colorado State, and Missouri State. They've uh, they've all got three points. Grand Canyon has one point due to that uh, overtime loss. And then Colorado and Oklahoma are rounding out the uh, conference. They haven't played any conference games, so they have zero points. So UNLV on top. Then in basically second place, it's Central Oklahoma, Arizona, Utah. Then in basically third place, it's Arizona State, Colorado State, Missouri State. Grand Canyon's in fourth, and then Colorado, Oklahoma are in fifth. But they haven't played just yet. So uh, so there you go. That's what the standings look like. It'll start to uh, take a little shape as more teams play more games. And, and you know, what a great intro. That's, uh, well, let's get right to it. This week we're going to have one, two, let's see here. We only have one conference series, it looks like. Oh, two conference series. Colorado comes to Oklahoma. Both of them are going to uh, uh, play their first conference games of the season. Colorado at the Arctic Edge. And I did uh, text earlier today with Mr. Quinceanera himself, and he predicted a split between Colorado and Oklahoma. So uh, both teams, according to Andrew, will get on the board. Grand Canyon goes after just playing UNLV a couple of weeks ago at the down in in Phoenix. Grand Canyon is now going up to UNLV to play two more games uh, up there at the City National Arena. And according to Andrew, he says that will be a UNLV sweep. So tough, tough sledding for Grand Canyon. It's going to. They're still looking for their first conference win of the season. And uh, according to uh, prognosticator extraordinaire. Andrew says that's not going to happen. UNLV is going to take two more. 
Then we have a whole bunch of uh, non-conference games. San Diego State is going to Arizona State. Those two teams already tangled once out in uh, San Diego. ASU ended up sweeping both games, one fairly easily and one by the skin of their teeth with a one to nothing game. Uh, Andrew, the prognosticator himself, says ASU will continue its dominance over San Diego State and will sweep this weekend. Midland, from the MCH conference, is traveling to Colorado State to my very favorite place in all the world, Fort Collins, Colorado, and um, to go play two games at the Epic Ice Arena. And Midland is... You know, they're, they're having a, a semi-decent season. I think they've won uh, two games right now. I think they played four. They've won two and lost two. Um, CSU is uh, coming off a split, an overtime or, let's say, extra hockey uh, splits. They're in uh, uh, Missouri State. And so Andrew says that Midland and Colorado State will split at the fort. So uh, we'll see if that comes to pass. Missouri State right now is on a uh, on a North Dakota road trip. They're playing at Minot State right now, and uh, then they'll and that's on Thursday night. In fact, you know what? Here, let's see if we can't do a little magic here. Let's see if I can't. Uh, we'll have a live. Merging from the goal line, Joey Bucardi has a goal tonight. There we go. For the Ice Bears, Yakabowski. Trying to get up to Walker Jerome. Bounce Just there. absolutely scintillating play-by-play. Play. Isn't, that, isn't that the case up there out of North Dakota? Let's see what we get. Yakubowski did not realize it until the last second, but Crywy is there to take you know, One thing you can count on with the Minot State guys, there's an awful lot of consonants, not an awful lot of vowels in those last names. Um, anyways, hey, in the uh, third period, Minot State and Minot State. Did I say that right? I said Minot State and Minot State. It's Missouri State at Minot State. Number one, Minot State is tied currently with number 23, Missouri State, by a score of 3-3 three to three in the third period. And uh, Missouri State just tried to, uh, just tried to, here, we'll see if we can't chime in here. That happened yes, that so happened. fast that you couldn't even see Anthony make the save in real time, but driving up the right wing side, Mason Kaspik, and he gets in a tussle with Logan Seesaw. I think it's fair to say that Minot State's not taken too kindly to actually being in a hockey game in the third period with a... Uh, with a uh, no, with the number twenty three team in the nation, so three to three, and looks like Missouri State is giving as good as they get with the number one team in the nation. They almost scored on a on a stuff, and now uh, two kids are going to sit in the penalty box. Uh, one kid, whoop! Oh my God! One kid got a rough, one kid got a slash, and they both got ten minute misconducts. So, uh, anyways, it's three to three in the third period. Uh, Missouri State up in scenic Minot, North Dakota. Andrew says that that game will be a Minot win. Let's hope he's wrong. I need to remind him that's the WCHL podcast, not the independent three-time national champion podcast. After uh, tonight's game in Minot, Missouri State will head down to Bismarck, North Dakota, to take on the University of Mary. This is their first year at the men's Division One level. Mary has won the national championship. Uh, not this past season, uh, but the two seasons before that. So they're coming to men's division one on a, uh, 
on a pretty good little run. They played for the national championship and uh, ended up losing it in, in the championship game. Or I shouldn't say that. They made it to the semifinals, and they lost in the semifinals. So uh, they're, they're a top Division II team. They've moved up to Division One. They're currently ranked number 21 in the nation, Mary is. And so Missouri State's going to get themselves uh, three great games, one game against number one, two games against number 21. And they'll get to see scenic North Dakota. At least, hey, at least it's October, right? Not uh, not the dead of winter when all you would see is nothing but white. According to Andrew, Andrew says that there will be a split between Mary and Minot State. I mean, excuse me, between Mary and Missouri State. So, uh, you know, let's let's hope Missouri State surprises everybody and, um, and uh, pulls out a win tonight over number one, but also pulls out uh, a sweep against Mary. Uh, in Bismarck, welcomes uh, welcomes the new kids, uh, the new Division Two kids to town. So, all right, um, and then we have the last series. Uh, Utah is off in Michigan. They're playing Grand Valley State right now as we speak. Unfortunately for us, that game is not on any sort of. Uh, uh, it's not on any. So you can't watch it. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what you know. Grand Valley State's doing. They're just not. Uh, they're not making it easy for anyone to watch their games unless you want to go there live and in person. So uh, Utah is there right now playing Grand Valley State for uh, one game here on a Thursday night. And you know what? I'm going to fire up the old Twitter bug and let's see. Uh, oh, hey, here we go. End of the first period, one to nothing, Utah over Grand Valley State. After uh, tonight's game at Grand Valley State, Utah will head over to Calvin to play two games against Calvin. Uh, those are Friday-Saturday games, no games on Sunday against Calvin. Uh, according to Andrew, that's all Utah all the time. And you know what? Arizona did this um, last year. They took a trip up to Michigan. And uh, if, I remember, if I remember right, I think they went 1-1-1 one, one, and one on, that, uh, on that series. Uh, a win, a loss, and then an overtime. Uh, I forget if it was a, a win or a loss there, but they went to overtime. So they went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. And that basically gave them a little boost in the computer ranking. And Utah is expecting the same to happen to them out of this game, this trip to Grand Valley and Calvin. So uh, good for the Utes, good for them to step out and to get some cross-pollination going in their games. And so, uh, so yeah, there we go. So Andrew, according to Andrew, says Colorado and Oklahoma will split. He says UNLV will sweep Grand Canyon. ASU will sweep San Diego State. CSU and Midland will split. Minot, he says, will beat Missouri State, even though, you know, let's look in again here. Uh, it's still 3-3. Three to three. You know what? Do we really want to hear that guy again? That is how you get called for an interference penalty. Oh, hey, thank you, buddy. That's how you get called for an interference penalty. Uh, Missouri State's getting ready to go on the power play. So uh, cross your fingers and your toes, and let's hope uh, Missouri State pulls off the uh, upset victory here. The Battle of the MSUs. He also, Andrew also says Missouri State and Mary will split, and then Utah will sweep the games with Grand Can- uh, with Grand Valley, excuse me, and uh, Calvin. So, hey, that's it. That's a quick, um, that's a quick tour of the WCHL podcast. Hopefully, we'll get Andrew back here um, uh, next week. He can tell us all about his big Quinceanera convention down in uh, down in Dallas. And how exciting that was. I'm sure there lots of uh, stuff that they got to see. You know, uh, we talked about, uh, well, I, I, we, I got nothing in terms of uh, stuff to, you know, books, music, movies, all that kind of, you know, junk that we normally talk about. 
I had the pleasure of seeing To Kill a Mockingbird recently, the play, the stage play. It makes me want to go get the book. And um, so that that's about it. You know, it's an American classic. Some of you kids that are listening to this have probably had to read it, whether it's in high school or college. I'm going to, uh, I haven't, I, I haven't read it. Geez, I'm 56 years old and I haven't read it. So uh, I'm going to go get it and figure out uh, uh, what all the fuss is all about. So. It's, uh, it was an interesting play, and I'm looking forward to uh, reading the book. But otherwise, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of uh, some games. Uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Oklahoma and Arizona have the weekend off, so those boys will be off in study hall. That should be good for those for those two teams. And then we get back after it in earnest the week after that. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the WCHL podcast. I want to thank everybody for putting up with me flying solo here and just blithering and blathering on. If you want to uh, give us a, uh, on the podcast, on whether you listen to us on Apple or any of your other podcast providers, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, whatever it is you can do to shower us with a little bit of love. Um, that'd be great. You can contact us on Twitter by going to WCHL Pod. That's on Twitter. I'm, even though it's now X or whatever it is, I'm gonna, it's still Twitter to me. The Western Collegiate Hockey League is, uh, you can get updates there, score updates, standing updates, and other uh, interesting things on uh, their Twitter account at Western CHL. And then uh, Andrew, when he's off uh, gallivanting through the world of quinceaneras and uh, watering trees and stuff like that for the Parks and Recreation Department, he can be found on Twitter at Stickford AM, S T I C K F O R D A M. And I'm on Twitter at CJP in OKLA. And uh, like I said, if you're interested in drip irrigation and uh, quinceanera dresses, Andrew's uh, account is for you. If you're interested in, uh, uh, you know, cat videos and burp and fart jokes and maybe the occasional uh, political outrage, um, that's on my Twitter account. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for your support of the WCHL and of ACHA hockey. Oh, here we go. What are we dealing with here? Minot State just got stuffed on a breakaway. It's still 3-3. Three to three. I wish we had the time, but we don't. What that means, though, is it's time for us to get out of here. So I'm going to hit the magic button. We don't have to listen to uh, Andrew say anything. We just want to take care of one another, take care of yourself. We hope to see you at the rink soon. 